Hey guys, it's Chris and Rodney, the Bama Backroads Outdoors. You know, for a long time, while we're fishing or, or you know, doing whatever we've been doing together for years and years, we thought about doing a little podcast and we'd had an outdoor show for a little while um, with TV24 in Anniston and uh, we just like the non-formality of of doing this, I think, a little better. Don't you agree? Yeah, it's a, a lot easier to sit down and talk about our experiences with hunting and fishing and friends and not have to worry about all the footage you have to get, you know, no, camera captures. Cap- that's stuff. a nightmare. That's a, that's a lot of work. Turn that, something that you love into work, and we don't want to do that. No, and that's one reason we kind of quit doing it, you know. Uh, a lot of people that were involved when it, in it, you know, they didn't like this and they didn't like that. They weren't getting enough FaceTime and, you know, blah, 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 you know. So this is just much easier for us. Uh, you know, I, I can't speak for me, but I know I can speak for Rodney. Rodney's got uh, a lifetime in the woods in Alabama uh, and on the water, um, especially in northeast Alabama and uh, every pond and a little fishing hole between here and a Tennessee line and some places south. So just going to talk to Rodney for a minute and let's uh, want to get his experience, how long he's been hunting and fishing, just just information for you guys so y'all, y'all kind of know uh, who he is and where what his background is. And uh, so Rodney Turner, what uh, who got you started hunting and fishing? What age were you at? Um, just give us a little background on, on your outdoor. Well, I'm 53 years old. Started hunting when I was probably old enough to walk. I went to Gaston High School, North Gaston. Um, my dad run Beagles and I was holler. We probably run Beagles upward years of where I was probably 13, 14 years old until they cut out dog running in Edward County. Um, I think I killed my first deer when I was about seven. Uh, it was illegal. It was a doe, but I didn't know about it. I seen a deer coming and I shot it with a 14. Hey, so, what's the statute of limitations <laughs> on that? <laughs> but you know, hey, uh, I told my dad I killed a deer. He didn't believe me. He walked over and found it in the ditch. And then we had to put it in the back of our Buick Electra 225. There you go. So. You hunted back then and what you had. You know, it was mama's car, and that's what we deer hunted with on Saturdays. Had to go to church in it on Sundays. We had cleaned up Saturday night. We had to get blood out. Yeah. But uh, after that, Dad pretty much just quit hunting, turned all his stuff over to me, and I've been deer hunting and fishing ever since. A lot of friends, you know, that took me fishing on the Coosa ever since I was 14, showed me spots, how to fish, and Pretty much, I just rely on information I got from them years past and just keep doing it year after year. But what we are, what I'm seeing this year and last year is uh, on the Coosa, crappie fishing, the reduction in crappie. I'd like to hear back from people and see what they say. A lot of the places that we used to catch crappie every year in January and February, me and a friend just went in there just last week and there's still we found five crappie. He's uh he's got three sixty and live imaging on there. 
and we we just went all around in that slough and there's five crappie in there so we don't know what's going on with the crappie in the river i don't know if something's come in the river or we're still still seeing a big population of those pelicans in in town so i think and that's neely henry right yes neely henry so i think the pelicans have a lot to do with it taking away the bait fish and when there's no bait fish in there because the pelicans eat it all your you know your other species of fish ain't gonna come in there either well i know when we were out there last year and as much as we fished last year on neely henry it was amazing the number of birds you saw like on some of those islands uh down there near south side yeah those kingfishmen's are all over it's the river now crazy yeah there's a lot of competition so the bait's dwindling down and the fish that you catch in if you go bass fishing or uh crappie fishing large mouth or spots i mean it's just the river's nothing like it used to be. Well, not only that, but, you know, all that rain we've had, especially this year, and, you know, places we were able to get in and out with no problem, now we can't get in and out. Yeah, I know that's another thing that needs to be talked about. Alabama Power needs to look into hiring a company for the Coosa River, especially Neely Henry side. You're getting a lot of, of sand and dirt in the sloughs which we used to be able to run through with a boat, whatever, and now they're six inches deep. So it's a, there's a, there's a lot of things on the Henry Neal that needs to be done to get it back to where it was. Well, it's, I know I drove over it uh, on my way over here and uh, it's as muddy as it can be still. Yeah, it's, it's not the river that we're used to. So I think uh, if they would limit the, restrictions on what it takes to to get someone to come in there and dredge because they are a lot of restrictions and you know i'd like to hear people's opinions on that too what you think about dredging out sloughs and the restrictions alabama power puts on you when you do dredge it because they are a lot of stipulations that they make you do which is a good environmental standpoint but that's why a lot of people don't hire anybody to dredge out the sloughs because it costs so much. Yeah. Well, you know, in spite of all that, if you want to get on the water, in your opinion, what do you think, if you're going to get out there in this muddy water, I mean, because everybody's got a limited amount of time. Not everybody can fish every day. And uh, so what do you think for crappie, is the best way to go about doing that this at this period of time on Neely Henry? Well, if I had my choice and I had the time, right now, I think I would go probably the way that we are gunners. Don't even go to Neely Henry. <laughs> I mean, because right now they're not on the piers yet and they're not spawning yet. They're catching a lot of fish trolling and a lot of fish trolling up at Gunnersville up on the on the rocks and at the piers i mean at the uh, bridges so if i had the time i would make sure i go somewhere that they're catching some fish because a lot of people ain't catching no fish on the coaster right now you just be wasting time right now. yeah i know lee's gonna join us later uh on the phone and uh we're gonna talk to him a little bit he's on he's a guide on weiss for those that don't know who lee pitts is he's a uh a legend in uh uh 
Cherokee County up in Cedar Bluff. So uh, he's been a guide up there for about 18 years. And uh, we're going to try to get a little uh, information from him. Uh, he did tell me the other day that it's been tough, that his, his guide trips have not produced near the fish that they have in the past. A lot of that's got to do with the rain. Um, a lot of that's got to do with the pressure on the lake. Because uh, if you've ever been on Weiss Lake in the uh, in the heat of crappie season, it is crazy. Yeah. Uh, people dodging in and out and lines getting tangled up and everybody's in that river channel and hollering and cussing. It's, it's a lot of fun, but <laughs> it can be challenging too because you just, you know, everybody's trying to get to that same uh, ball of fish and try to, you know, get their baits running through there in the long line trolling. But he says right now it's tough. Color of the water is not good. Uh, water temperatures fluctuated up and down. It's going to get cold again towards the end of this week. Um, so it, it it is a challenging period of time on the Coosa River. Yeah, the water temperature went from 47 degrees to 61 in about three or four days out there. So the fish are going to want to pull up as soon as possible. But anybody living in Alabama over three or four years in their life, they know about the time turkey season opens up, it'll go freezing cold. So about the time you start your fish start pulling up, it's going to go freezing cold, drop surface temps, and then everything's going to run out again. So several years in a row, fish come into bed, water temp gets too cold, they move out. And then usually when, about when they move out, they'll drop the river down, and then they ain't got nowhere to spawn. So they have to spawn out in deeper water, and you don't even really never see a spawn. So it's a, it's a challenging. If you can catch a lot of fish on the Coosa River and Neely Henry side, you're a, you're a better man than I am. I mean, that's keeping up with that river the way it fluctuates and they run the water through there up and down, fluctuating the, the height of it. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge. And if you ain't staying on it regular, keeping up with the fish, you just, you're tickled to death just to go out and catch a couple and call it a day. Well, I know there was times last summer when you and I would go Friday evenings. And there were several times we'd go to the same spots we'd been fishing for, what, 15 years mm -hmm. together? And, uh, you know, I, I remember before we ever hit the water where you want to put in, you know, because it was such a, a crapshoot on where we would actually catch some. And uh, we there's a couple of Friday evenings we didn't catch nothing. nothing. We had to go eat Mexican food. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad when the first thing you do, you want to figure out where you're going to go eat whenever you get mad about fishing stuff. We, uh, I'm not saying it's, it's the worst fisher in the world because there's still some good fish out there. It's just it fluctuates so much and the fish moves so much. And with all this new technology, with the 360 and the live scope and all of that, the fish that you used to get on and depend on later in the year, you know, when they get the pressure, those fish are pressured year round now. So uh, I think the fish is getting a little smarter or I really don't know what's happening, but the fish that I used to go to when they got pressure, now everybody knows about them because they got 360 and live scope and down imaging and everything else. So, Well, I know a lot of your younger fishermen, uh, you know, 
rely on that. They they might spend a whole day just marking fish. Yep. And uh, I, I've talked to some older anglers like Rusty Burroughs. Uh, if you're from this area, you probably know who that is. Um, he'll probably be on a podcast pretty soon with us. Um, and we'll talk a little more about that. But um, he's having uh, trouble competing, you know, because he's a big-time tournament fisherman. That's what he loves to do. Um it's usually all Alabama stuff. Uh, he did, you know, fish on the FLW tour at one time and did really well as a co-angler. Um, but he, he'll he tell you, he'll be the first one to tell you that these kids these days that know these electronics have got a real, uh, they, they don't have to have the the 20 plus years of lake knowledge that we've had to have in order to catch fish. They can, uh, you know, take that, uh, that electronics out there and pinpoint some fish and, um, do you know how that works in muddy water? I, I've never. No, I don't really know all the ins and outs. Like I said, those those kids has got a good advantage, and it's been a great thing for them to have that uh, kids tournament. Um, the last one I captained is for Alexander High School, and I think there's about two hundred and fifty boats, and every one of them was in like sixty thousand dollar boats, and they get to actually go to school and they actually teach them how to use live imaging and downscope and 360 and they know how to change all the settings and you know the settings change regularly it all depends on the color of water temp dirty you know how dirty the water is and uh they're great fishermen you can't take nothing away from them so oh there's no doubt a, about that they've got a great advantage in what we did we had flashers back when we was in the boat and Daddy teach you how to find shad with a flasher and check depth with a boat paddle. Exactly. And then you go out there in the wintertime and try to find stumps and then try to remember where they was at during the summer. So Well, river fishing difference. was really different for me when we first started fishing together. Cause I grew up out in Cleveland County and fortunate enough to have a, a little eleven acre uh pond on my daddy's place and I could take a, uh, I didn't know any better, had an open face reel and just chunk it out there and reel it back without working it. And, you know, just Hope because, it, it. yeah, <laughs> because it was a pond, they, they was hungry. Yeah. Oh, that uh, alligator didn't get it. Yeah. Well, he got a lot of them. He got all the catfish. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's, that river fishing is a completely different from pond fishing. Um, and you, you don't, you know, you don't get a lot of ponds that get the pressure. Well, not just the pressure. I shouldn't say that. Um, they don't get the water fluctuation like you'll get, you know, on these uh, power-generated lakes. Yeah, the water you know. don't destabilize. Yeah. Know, holds water temp a little bit better and holds the level better. Yeah. The fish can actually finish their spawn before the river drops four foot. That's what a lot of times happens in the Coosa. Like I said, we talked about it before. Once they get up there and lock on, then the water drops. I mean, it's just, they're gone. They usually don't, it's a hunting and battle then. After that, you you better be looking for them because they're not coming back in there. Well, one good thing about Alabama, and uh, we've done this many times, and I'm sure a lot of you guys out there have done this as well, is you get up early and uh, go turkey hunting, and uh, get you a big old gobbler and then go crappie fishing and 
have crappie and turkey for dinner or you, you get up and you go crappie fish and then go turkey hunting. So we're blessed in this state to be able to have the wildlife abundance we have here, especially in the turkey woods. Um, I know, Rodney, you got a, a lot of experience all over Alabama hunting turkey and, and deer as well. Um, what, what, what are your plans this year? And uh, how how are you planning on? Do you see any differences uh, this year as compared to last year in Turkey? Well, I hope that uh, some of this hot weather is going to go away here pretty soon because I'm afraid these turkeys are going to be gobbled out before turkey season comes in. But I'm not really seeing any downfall on the turkeys. The tur- turkeys has really been doing pretty good. I think people's finally understood too the advantage of shooting all the coyotes and stuff like that, predator animals that gets all of our turkeys. So, uh, and I think, you know, putting the limit on the turkeys has really helped. We're starting to see some good flocks of turkeys coming back. And uh, like I said, the people killing those predators is helping them actually raise the babies that they're actually having. So uh, I had a pretty good turkey season last year and I, I, I foresee a good one this year. I, did a little scouting the other day and where we turkey hunt and there's a lot of sign and there's a, a lot of gobblers and um and seeing a lot of hens already so i mean that's a that's a good thing so if it's a warm weather stays with us by the time we get started the gobblers will be by themselves it'll be hens probably be sitting by then but so everybody knows Alabama weather. You don't know what it's going to do. By turkey season gets here, we might be back in uh, in the 30s having to wear all you winter wear. But like I said, I don't care what weather it is, turkey hunting. I love it. Just probably more than deer hunting. So I'm going to get out there and stay with them. And at least with a turkey midday or something, once it warms up a little bit, he'll get to gobbling. Hens will start sitting. There's an advantage to staying longer with turkey season than it is as to fishing. Usually fishing, it gets worse as the day goes, but turkey season, it usually gets a little better. So I like getting out there with them birds, just sitting in the woods and listening to everything. Open, waking up and making all the noises and you kind of listen every day and learn. If you don't hear a crow in the morning and you don't hear the wheels talking in the morning, you usually know that the turkeys ain't going to talk either. So. Yeah, well, that happened to us last yeah. year over in East Alabama. Yeah, you can usually you can usually tell whenever if the birds are going to talk or not, but it's a, it's enjoyable. I don't care. To me, it's just, just being out there with them, and if you get to see one strutting and gobbling, that's just a, that's a bonus. Well, I know last year when we went to East Alabama, um, and hunted at your place over there. Uh, of course, I had to go to the chiropractor after yeah. we got back because uh, you drove up down them trails like uh, like a madman. I mean, it was like we had a turkey in front of us and we got to catch it. You got to get it. But, uh, you know, we got out and, and walked a, a little ways and, and uh, listened, nothing. Did a few crow calls, nothing. And then decided just to, after a few hours of chasing around, just sit on a greenfield, not a word. Yeah, you know it's kind of quiet in the woods. So, you know that's. Uh, you know where your hens are staged up, and you know their feeding pattern. It's pretty much. I mean, it's not my favorite way of hunting, but 
if you know them hens feeding patterns, if they're going to come to a field and eat in about three o'clock, you better believe he's coming with them. He's not going to leave them alone. So you can sit there and wait on them or you can chase them. But I like the running and gunning part myself more than anything. Well, right now what I want to do is uh, I want to uh, get Lee Pitts on the phone and uh, talk to Lee about how crappie fishing is going. Uh, I know Lee's been on uh, Weiss a good bit. He does spend some time on Gunnersville and uh, Neely Henry. I know he's he's as frustrated as the rest of us with the weather and the uh, the heat, you know, the fluctuations in temperature and uh, the the color of the water. So let's uh, let's see if I can get Lee on the phone and uh, we'll get some t- good tips from Lee. And if you want a guide. On Weiss, Lee's the, Lee's the guy. If you don't catch a fish, you'll still have a good time, and it was worth every dime because he's a, just a good dude and uh, is a lot of fun to be around. Well, Lee, welcome into the show. We got you on with uh, Rodney and I, uh, Bama Backroads Outdoors, and Lee, we've already you know said some really nice things about you, so don't, uh, don't disappoint us. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Y'all may have already been talking bad about me. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. We, we really have talked you up. You know, you're the legend of Cedar Bluff and uh, Weiss Lake. So, no, for real, though, uh, I know you're out there every day. You got, you know, guide trips every day you're taking. So, no, nobody knows about the condition of the Coosa more than you do. We've already talked a lot about it, you know, as, as far as the weather and the, the rain and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just get your impression on uh, what you're facing out there. If you're catching any fish, uh, how you're catching them, just generally how it's going. Man, I tell you, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Man, it's uh, it's it's great to be here with you. And the biggest thing is, you you about nailed it right there, man. Mother Nature has not been good to us here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have a couple of days of fishing and the fishing's good. And then we got either high winds or some hard rains and it just kind of turns everything upside down. So it's been a battle, you know, to, to say the least, it's been a battle this spring so far. Um, we caught more fish in December and January than what we're doing right now. And water temperature is right. Things are getting right. But, uh, but these fish just really don't know what to do right now, you know. Uh, the, the our bigger fish, the big crappie, they're sitting out there in the middle of that river and hadn't really come into the, the bays yet, but you got so much current pulling, you know, we, we've had a bunch of water dumped on us, and you got so much current pulling through there that really you can't sit out there and, and keep a bait down to them. Uh, you know, out there bumping with a, an ounce, um, three-quarter ounce or something tag with a minnow just trying to just put it in front of one of them and it still sweeps it down the river so what do you do that's that's true i you know we've had the same problem over here and i know uh you come on neely henry as well um and and you know rodney was talking about being out on the being out there and catching two in spots he used to catch a limit in oh yeah Yeah. so you know there's this just weather, the weather and other circumstances. I, I don't know if y'all are having the same bird problem on Weiss that we are here, uh, but the birds are just tearing the bait fish up. 
Well, I wish they'd stayed with the bait fish because our birds are, uh, they, their palate is, uh, open to anything that swims down there. Right. You know, it's one of those things. And I, I've talked to a lot of the guys and, you know, I, I don't know. It's just from a fisherman's perspective that, you know, I tell people, I said, man, I'm just smart enough to know that I ain't real smart. So <laughs> I, I don't want to throw no numbers and figures and uh, what kind of equations we need to do with this. Uh, I, I've got my own opinions from just, uh, like I said, a fisherman's look at it. But, yeah, we, we're going to do something about these birds. It's just not only from our uh, the standpoint of, you know, uh, I would say right now, 75% of the crappie that we're catching has got gashes on them and cuts on them. Where these, you know, these birds will dive down 12 foot. Oh, sure. They can catch. But, um, I mean, it, it looks like a kamikaze raid oh, yeah. out there yeah. sometimes. You know, when they find I, a I ball. Stood my, I stood on my porch the other morning and I was drinking my coffee and they start the, the, the comorans and the black tip pelicans, when they started up that river, I sat there for 20 minutes and it was nonstop for 20 minutes. Then bird not swimming, flying, they're flying up that river. And I mean, it's just, I, I don't know, you know, it's just by the thousands and thousands that go into these bays. So what do you do? Well, have you heard any talk? Not cause I know you're, you know, you're in with the, the chamber there in uh, Cherokee County. Uh, any talk amongst, you know, people other than fishermen, that that's a, that we got a problem. Yeah, and and one of the things that, uh, and we've already had a couple of landmarks that have eroded. Uh, not only with they roost out there on these islands, or like at Gunnersville, they'd roost all over all the power lines, you know, that cross the river. Right. And not only the the smell, uh, the waste, you know, that they. Uh, in a pleasant way, secrete or whatever, but uh, two or three of the islands right there on Weiss now, they've turned it white. I mean, it looks like there's snow all over it, and that's just from their waste. Yeah, there's there's a couple that way uh, past the Southside Bridge, uh, that are that are that way. They're just they're dead. First of all, there's nothing green on them, right? Uh, right. And they, they look like they got snow on them. Yeah, and, and what'll happen, nothing will grow. And so then as the, the wind and the waves and, and everything takes its toll on that island, it erodes and it's gone, and that, that's just that much more silt, you know, in our river systems. Well, and that's something Rodney and I discussed as well, is there's several sloughs and coves on Neely Henry that we used to get into, no problem, that is very difficult to get into now. Because the silt is, is gets, you know, with all the rain we've had, the extra silt in the river gets pushed up on the banks, uh, and, and, it, and it creates a problem for you to get in and out uh, of some of these sloughs and coves. And I, I can't believe that they haven't done uh, at least addressed the subject of dredging some of those because there's some million-dollar houses back in there. you got these, you know big time boats, you know, that think some of these people own that they can't get them in and out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just kind of like a uh, landlocked in there. Just can't go anywhere. Yeah. But it, it, it's a problem. And, and like I said, 
I, I don't know the answer. I know, yes, something's got to be done. Um, and, and here's one of the things that I, I don't want to go into too much detail because, once again, I don't want to say something that, that I've kind of been told that may not need to be addressed yet. Right. So, but, but one of the things is, uh, you, you know, with these birds right here, uh, and going back to that with, with the problems on it, our, our water levels, you know, up and down, changing with that. And I know they the, the state, I think, is, is on Weisslake, they've uh, done a bird count. So they do realize we do have a problem with them. Uh, then there lies how do we how do we address this problem? How do we um, you know you, you really can't turn the public loose and say okay we're gonna have a season on them. <laughs> That'd be sure fun they, though. Yeah, well anything fun most of the time is you're not gonna be able to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got some ideas, and and I think it would be a hit. I think I could make a living uh, during the off season with it. But you know, you see these skeet ranges and and skeet places that you got the little petitions. I've got the double seat systems in my boat. I mean, I can throw everybody a case of shells, and then we'll even shoot low brass. I mean, it don't matter to me. But um, you know, crank up some. Kid Rock or some ACDC, some Thunderstruck, and give them both, you know, eleven hundreds up there, and I'll, I'll drive, and we'll, we'll start in the herd a little bit. But I ju- probably shouldn't have said that because it don't do it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's not legal yet. Don't don't don't, do uh, don't say. Well, Lee Pitts told law, me. Okay. Yeah. Don't do it because it's against the law. But you know, they, they are a protected species. Um, you know, so in turn, you can you can harass them a little bit. But the thing too that that I was told, and and somebody may correct me on this one right here, but I know a lot of the people. You know, that they they tend to kind of leave when it gets the heat of summer, and they come back in the fall again. But you know, running through a bunch of them and getting them up and getting them going. But what they what they do, they eat about two two and a half pounds of fish a day. Okay, you take these thousands out there and you run through a bay and, and get them going and, and they kind of panic. What they do, they regurgitate all that, so then they start eating again. So, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword on this. It is, you don't know what to do with them. You don't know how to uh, how, how to how to solve this problem. You, I don't think they could poison them uh, because then you've got, okay, now how do we handle... The, the cleanup and the waste that's going into the water. So I, I mean, I don't know. I know we got a problem, but I don't know um, how it can be addressed. Well, I, you know, I'm hoping that some folks a lot smarter than you and I, which really don't. That, hey, that about 95, 98 percent <laughs> population has got me wooed already. So, well, <laughs> we ho- hopefully, there's some intelligent people. Uh, that are already aware of it, you know, but, but look, man, we've got to talk about it. You know, we, we can't ignore it or in 10 years, in 10 years, what are we going to have? Well, and here's what I, I, I forgot this part. I was telling you a minute ago. Um, some of the officials told me that you, you can put it like this. Cause I can remember 20 years ago, 18 years ago, I saw three pelicans up river in Godfrey's Island. 
And I came back to the marina and I was telling people, I said, man, I saw three of the biggest pelicans you've ever seen out here on the lake. And they're like, man, you don't, you, you don't even know what a pelican looks like. And I was like, man, I watch TV. I know what a pelican looks like. You had three channels back then. Right. I know. I, I used to watch Marlon Perkins. I know what a pelican looks like. But uh, anyway, then the next year, they were five or six wads of three. The next year, there's 50 wads of 25. And that's what they told me. If whatever you have right now, next year, will probably double. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. And, and two, um, it, that adds to it. But, you know, most lakes, all of them go through cycles. You're going to have up years. You're going to have down years. That's just the nature of the beast. That's just how right. it goes. Uh, so everybody has to, you know, to, to kind of ride, uh, you know, ride the good times. But you, you hang in there with them in the low times, too. So it's uh, it's one of those things that um, we, we just got to not only address the problem, but then figure out how once you solve the problem, then how do you rebuild? and go up through there right well hopefully us talking about it and maybe you know uh, uh, folks out there listening you know they'll talk about it and then you know once it becomes a of course you know and i hate to say it but you know politicians they don't they don't really jump on anything until it becomes a an election issue so uh, more people that talk about it and bring it up and you know i think it would be better for the coosa itself um, I know Gunnersville is, uh, you know, they, they don't have this same problem that we do because Gunnersville, you know, is much bigger acreage. Well, uh, they, there, there has been some, they've, they've been working on those birds over Gunnersville about the last four years. And once again, I don't want to. I don't want to say a whole lot. And all of a sudden, I come home and them boys in khaki are sitting over, <laughs> sitting around the fire pit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that uh, you know the the state is aware that, that that these birds are a problem. You know, it's something that we hadn't been faced with uh, before. It's it's just been the last 10, 15 years or so, and it, it's. Like I said, I don't know enough legally or, or know enough about, uh, uh, I, I know they are protected. So, you know, like I said, some, some of the things I was joking about, don't go do. <laughs> don't do it. Let, let, let the guys that uh, that uh, make all the big decisions and them old boys that know what they're doing, let them handle it. But it, it is something that we do have to talk about to, to get awareness of. That's right. But listen, if... Let's say you, you know, despite all this, you still wanted to go out there and try to have a day and maybe catch you enough crappie just to eat. Uh, you know, any advice on how to handle, you know, the the water and the weather? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're still catching fish. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's just, uh, and I'm the biggest thing is, and my wife brought this up, uh, here the other day, I came in and we had a tough day. I think we had maybe 20, 25 keepers or something. And she told me, I said, you know, I could tell, I could tell my clients were, they were, they, we had a good day on the water. We had a great visit. And I could tell that that wasn't what they were expecting. And she said, you know, 
on Weiss Lake and Neely Henry, everybody has been spoiled. I mean, we have we have two of the best fisheries around, you know, on, on the first two lakes of our Coosa um, chain of lakes. And she said, people are used to coming up here and just, I mean, hitting home runs. And and it's still, we still got the fish. They're still there. The, their patterns are changing a little bit. And I just, I think some of the fishermen uh, hadn't really changed with them yet. And, and the same, and, and just to kind of put that in perspective, same thing with my deer hunting this last year. Uh, both seasons saw plenty of deer. Fish, you know, when it got to be rifle season, all of a sudden, I'm not seeing the deer I was seeing. But from 11 o'clock till 2 o'clock midday, you're seeing deer running everywhere. You know, you're you're going to get you a hamburger and going to Jack's out there to eat something and take you a little break, and there's deer just running all over the place. They, they changed their patterns. You know, it, it was one of the things, and especially right around our area here in Cherokee County and uh, even up towards the Georgia line, a lot of the guys were saying the same thing. So, you know, seeing some deer movement in the morning, but that dead gum uh, midday lunchtime, you, you go out there and there's three bucks standing in the middle of the field at 1230. I mean, that don't make no sense. No, but they're, 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 they're going to change based on, based on the pressure they're getting. You, yeah, you know that. Exactly. exactly. But, you know, and I, I guess fishing's become the same way. I guess yeah. we'll, we'll have to adapt to, uh, their ad- adaptation of uh, yeah. of the pressure they're getting. And, and I'll tell you something, too, and a lot of these bass guys, they figured this out. Uh, our crappie's seeing it. Everybody now, I mean, I remember when I used to have a little flasher, and, and that's all you had. You had a flasher, and, you know, the old brrrr, You knew with that flasher, when them red lines started pinching, you better be turning somewhere because you was on the dirt. But these fish, everybody's got that uh, forward-facing sonar. Everybody's got, you know, you big hummingbird units with the uh, side image and down image and uh, shoot from the bottom coming through them, see what they've ate, you know, all that kind of stuff. Those, those fish can feel that. They know when they got a lot of boats over their head and that pinion's coming down through there. Um, once they get a lot of traffic on them, these fish... They just kind of sold up. I mean, I'm I'm still seeing a lot of fish in these, you know, some of the big bays that the fish always come to. I'm still seeing them. But uh, you, you go through a big old school of fish and your rod tip shake, cause they're just getting out of the way. So, you know, it's one of those things that um, <sighs> there's a lot of variables that, you know, it's uh, I, we do know that the birds are a problem we're seeing you know, skin up, but, but two with everything else it's it's, you can still catch fish. Um, a lot of these fish right now, I think they're about three weeks behind because we're, we're catching them deep in some of these bays right now. Um, everybody's used to, Hey, you know, it's March. Oh, let's get back here in the backs and we're going to catch fish in four or five foot of water. And we're going to throw up on these treetops out here. that's up on the bank that they're not there yet. You know they're they're still out in that deeper water, and I think all that is weather wise. Right. Yeah, weather definitely been a problem this year. Oh yeah, yeah. I know we we talked before, you know, about how the rain has affected everything. I don't think I've seen a, uh, as much rain in this area that we've had in the last six months. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, 
we have some of the the rivers that come into Weiss. You know, you got Little River, then you got the Chattooga uh, up towards the Georgia line on the Chattooga Mill Creek, and some of those places. It, it's been out of the banks probably six different times, um, and all that's coming right into the lake. And, and Neely Henry, I mean Neely's uh, with them. One good thing with them pulling so much water, some of the 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 side pockets or, or the bays off that river they'll clean up quicker just because it's sucking the mud out of it you right. know they'll come up through there and uh, with all that water flow but but still it just needs uh, we we just need a break from mother nature yeah we sure do we definitely need a break well Lee how's it going I know you're fishing the ABT this year uh, Alabama Bass Trail uh, and there's a I know there's a lot of good fishermen in that I see that weigh in on uh facebook i watched uh, the south weigh in uh last saturday uh how's that going I, i'm gonna tell you something man it's uh those of you that have never been to an abt weigh in or or follow them on the social media they put a top-notch show on i mean it is i can't say enough uh for Kay donaldson uh for for the staff with a uh, down to the guys that take care of the tanks, the guys that are taking these fish in. You know, it's a it's a really really tight ran organization that has just really got a lot of good people with it, and they run a top notch show. But you're right, you've got the the top sticks wherever you go. I mean, I'd put any of these guys that are fishing this up against you know your Bass Masters, some of your FLW guys or or whoever you know the guys you watch on tv on on saturdays and sundays you know they, these guys are good they're tough and they put the time in it's a more or less a professional uh partner trail and uh it's it's one of those things wherever you go and the locals that are there they're going to be surprised every time on the weights that these guys are bringing in you know uh our next one on the north division is going to be gunnersville it would not surprise me somebody come in with 30 pounds or 30 plus wow i mean the, these guys catch them you know um it's just one of those things that uh and i know fishing every day is different every week's different but uh these guys can put it together i mean they they can put it together and they put on a good show so uh, if you've never been to an abt uh the 100s north south you, you ought to load up the family one day and head down and just kind of watch it. I mean, Robbie Floyd does a, a great job with our uh, announcing and, and that he, you know, everybody, you see him on TV on several of the other tournament trails and uh, Robbie does a great job. And it's just, it's one of those things. It's, it's very entertaining. It's uh, not a dull moment on it. And most of us guys aren't used to stepping in front of the mic and talking and you don't it's like old Forrest Cup said you don't never know what you go get <laughs> that is true I've seen some pretty funny so, things coming out of yeah. guys mouths they're just some of them are just kind of frozen there and their eyes are wide open like I don't really know what to say uh, but you know the last time I I got to watch when you weighed in and I, I think you won that tournament on Neely uh, is Robbie was, I don't know. He kept wanting you to flash your muscles or something. I, 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 
<laughs> Robbie Floyd, in, of all nicknames, why this one stuck, I'll never know. But he, it, me and Robbie, we cut up a lot and we kid a lot. And years ago, I came up on stage and he just said, the arm, Lee Pitts, for, and for some reason, it stuck. And I, uh, it just stuck. I thought, oh, my God, come on, man. Give me something else besides that. But that's that's what he's uh, his deal is with me. And so now, all of a sudden, I'll have people come up to me that I don't even know, and I'm, they'll say, hey, what's up, arm? I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I don't want to know where he came up with that. Uh, I, don't I, I I just don't. I don't want to know. Well, Lee, right. I, I know you're busy, and I, I, I really, really appreciate your time uh, spending with us today. And uh, just want to when, – when's your next tournament with ABT? We'll be at Gunnersville going out of the state park you just on said that. March the 18th. So March 18th. And, and just about everybody will, will be there you know, pretty much all that week. So they'll set up stage probably midweek on that. So if you've got some time and you're around that area, swing on by. Like I said, there'll there'll always be somebody there. And I think you'll be really, really impressed with not only their stage and the, uh, uh, the, the way they present everything, but just more, just, you know, it's a professional, uh, well-ran tournament trail. And we, we love to see the families come out. We love to see uh, the other fishermen come out and checking us out and things like that. And uh, I, I think you'll be really, really pleased, and they'll have a good time. So come out and come out and watch us. Well, I, you know, not only the – I hope I get to go across stage. That, yeah, that would be even better. Yeah, with, with And maybe it's because your arm's uh, – your arm's the only one that can hold up the size fish you catch. You think that's it? Well, I don't know. The last one, <laughs> the last one I had, I could put mine in my pocket. <laughs> you could use a zip lock, zip yeah. lock for your weigh in bag. I could, uh, you know, if uh, if I still chew tobacco, I could take my red man pouch and <laughs> put a couple of them in there. So we, we won't talk about that. Though. It's, it's, <laughs> All right. It's, it's a whole new day coming up. Well, that's right. But y'all, y'all go check out the ABT and check out Lee and follow him. They've got a great Facebook page, they've got a great website. Um, you know, not only the ABT being at Gunnersville, but Gunnersville Lake and uh, the park there are so beautiful. Uh, March would be a great time to go. They've got hiking trails all over that place. The lodge is beautiful. Uh, I stayed there last year. Uh, it, it, if you want to go, you can make a whole weekend out of it or, or a day. It, you know, there's a lot to see there. There's a lot to do there. And it's just a beautiful place to go. So, Lee, thanks again. Uh, we will have you on for our next podcast and uh, just to see, uh, get get a little fishing report and check how you're doing and uh, how the fishing's going. Yeah, and, and, man, thank you so much for having me on. And I know we, we touched on some issues that we needed to talk about with some of our uh, bird problems and things like that. But still, everybody just remember, hey, Weiss Lake, Neely Henry, we're great fisheries. We still got a bunch of fish, uh, catching them daily. So come check us out and come see us. Uh, you know, we, we got we got so much to offer just right here with Ch- uh, Cherokee County and Etowah County. So That's, come see us, and if I can help you with anything, just let me know. Lee, how, if somebody wanted to book a trip with you, and I know it's a little late in the year to do that, 
But uh, if somebody wanted to, to book a bass trip with you later in the uh, spring or summer, uh, or, or go ahead and get on the books for next fall, for crappie season for next fall, uh, tell them how they get a hold of you. Yeah, the best way, just give me a call on my phone. It's 256-390-4145. I'm not a button pusher, so if I, if I don't jump on an email in a day or two, it means it's raining and I've got my phone thrown in a rod locker box. So just call me. We'll talk fishing. That sounds good. Lee, thanks again, buddy. See you later. All right, guys. See y'all. Well, that was Lee Pitts. I uh, hope y'all got some good information from him and, uh, Hopefully that'll help you with your crappie fishing. Hopefully Rodney gave you some some insight on what's going on on the Arcusa River. And remember, guys, this is Arcusa River, so uh, you know th- these these rivers. You know, I feel like they belong to us, and uh, we need to stand up and and speak out when uh, things aren't going the way they should be. Um, because I I don't know about y'all, but I I don't want to go uh, uh, much time without getting on the water in the woods and you know this is a great place to do it and uh i'm just happy to that we can do it rodney you got any final words yeah i'd just like to you know people if you have any comments or something go on our web page and uh facebook facebook and uh just comment on there good or bad you know we're not on here trying to make any enemies or nothing like that we just Two old country boys that like to hunt and fish and like to talk about it. So, I mean, if you got some stuff that you're going and you're doing that's uh, actually working, hey, I'm I'm listening, you know. And if uh, if you want to come on here and talk to us about what's going on and what you're seeing, we'd be more than welcome to talk to you. So, any anything that you want to bring up, topic or whatever, you know, that's in the great outdoors of Alabama, we'll talk about it. That's right. You can go to uh, our Facebook page is uh, Bama Backroads Outdoors. Um, now, I, this podcast will be put up on there, and you can comment there, or you can email us. If you want to ask Rodney a question or ask Lee a question, uh, like I said, we got Rusty Burris coming up. If you want to ask him a question, uh, you can go to uh, Bama Backroads Outdoors at gmail.com and uh, send a question over, and we'll answer it on the next podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, if you if you want to hit the like button on the where, wherever you're listening to the show through, that's fine. If you don't, don't worry about it. Like I said, we're we're not here to make money. We're here just to have a good time and and provide some information and maybe some good stories about our hunting and fishing. We'd like to hear yours too. So, thanks again, guys. Thank you.